What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie's first cow and possessor. But first, let's talk about the movie first cow. Here's a quick synopsis. Two travelers, Otis Cookie and King Lou in 1820s Oregon are attempting to get rich quick and move to San Francisco by selling biscuits. The problem, the main ingredient in their biscuits is milk stolen by an English man's cow. This film on paper doesn't seem it, but it is one of the best movies of 2020, directed by Kelly Reichert. More on her in a moment, but I loved every single minute of this movie. It's simple, yet entertaining. And the biggest reason why is the performances. Let's start with John Magaro. He is great in his first leading role. It's subtle. He's a calming presence. He was also fantastic in the movies The Big Short and Carol. I think this guy is on the cusp of being a movie star. He's already been directed by Adam McKay, Todd Haynes, and now Kelly Reichardt. He's working with the best directors. He's not a movie star yet, but I think he is on that path. Know the name John Magaro because he's going to be here for a while, and I think he gives one of the best performances of 2020. It won't be in the awards race, but it should be. It's that good of a performance. You also have Orion Lee, who's basically making his film debut playing King Lou. He's fantastic. The two of them, Orion Lee and John Magaro, have fantastic chemistry. It's the strength of this movie, the bond between those characters, and for them to have as good as chemistry as they do is quite impressive. It's what makes this movie watchable. It is a slow burn at times, but that relationship between the two characters keeps the audience invested in the film. And also in this movie is Toby Jones, who I've always been a fan of. I mean, he was Dobby in the Harry Potter franchise. He was in Captain America. He was in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. This guy is a guy who appears in mainstream movies, yet he's really good in these smaller films like First Cow. He kind of plays this rich, dumb guy who doesn't know that milk from his cow is being stolen by these people, and he's buying the biscuits off of them. Toby Jones is a guy who's been in a lot of mainstream movies. Again, Harry Potter, Captain America. He also showed up in the Jurassic World sequel. This guy is an underrated actor. He is one of the best supporting actors working today, and he gives a really funny performance in First Cow. Now let's talk about the director of this movie, Kelly Reichardt. I mean, she is an indie darling. She makes some of the best movies coming out now. I specifically loved Night Moves. That film features spectacular performances from Jesse Eisenberg, Dakota Fanning, and Peter Skarsgård. I mean, I absolutely love that movie. If you have not seen Night Moves. I definitely recommend it. And then she also directed another Western film called Meek's Cutoff. And I think that film has a lot of similarities between First Cow. Both films show the journey that people are trying to go on during this time period to get to a better place than where they are. I mean, she's making films about the time period where we couldn't just jump on a plane and get to a better place if we didn't want to live there. These people had to travel for ages to reach their destination. I mean, Reichert makes simple movies feel cinematic. She deserves to be on that list of Oscar-nominated directors. I hope First Cow gets her a, a nomination for Best Director. I highly doubt it will, but it's definitely deserving of that accolade. She's one of the best directors working today. And again, she's so underrated because she doesn't make the blockbusters. She makes smaller movies. But again, she makes movies that usually do end up starring movie stars. Michelle Williams 
Williams is in, Meeks Cutoff, Jesse Eisenberg is in, Night Moves. The best actors are working with Reichardt, and now she's working with a guy who's probably going to end up being a movie star in John Magaro. Watch the filmography of Kelly Reichardt, and then you'll understand how great of a director she really is. This film, First Cow, is also laugh out loud funny, and I think the humor of this film comes from the obliviousness of the Toby Jones character. He's completely out of touch with the common man. And again, the friendship between the two main characters really is the strong point of the movie. I mean, you care about the character of Cookie, and you care about the character of King Lou. One of the saddest moments of this movie is when those two characters are separated, and all you want as an audience member is for them to be reunited. And again, when they are reunited, it feels very good. Again, I think First Cow is one of the best movies of the year. I think Reichardt should be in the discussion for Best Director, and I think John Magaro should be in the discussion for Best Actor. It's that good of a performance, and it's that good of direction from Reichardt. It's one of the absolute best movies of the year, and one thing I really enjoyed about First Cow is how it romanticizes this idea of the American dream. Here's this cook in 1820s Oregon who dreams of opening a bakery or a hotel, and he believes he can reach that dream. But the movie also brilliantly shows why for many it never becomes a reality, why the American dream is so impossible. It shows the obstacles in place. Here's this guy who needs to steal this cow so that he can reach this destination, but when he's figured out, he has to go on the run and he'll probably never end up reaching that American dream. It shows what people are willing to risk to make that dream a reality. I just think that is a brilliant idea for a movie. This film also just shows why I love the Western genre. It can be about anything. It doesn't need to be about cowboys and shooting people. It can be about anything. It can be a slow burn. You can have movies like No Country for Old Men, and then you can have a film like Meek's Cutoff and First Cow, and I believe both of those movies are Westerns. It's why that genre is so good. I mean, recently we've had some really good Westerns made. I like Dane DeHaan and The Kid. I loved, simply loved Hell or High Water, Wind River. I mean, there are so many different types of films that can be made in the Western genre, and First Cow is definitely one of the best modern Western films that have been made. I definitely recommend you check out First Cow. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Possessor. Here's a quick synopsis. Tazia Voss is a corporate assassin who uses advanced technology to take control of other people's bodies to kill high-profile targets, and during one of her assassinations of John Pars, an owner of a massive company, Tazia starts to lose control of the man she possesses, Colin Reed, the man dating John's daughter. This is one of the craziest science fiction movies of all time. I was blown away by it. This is a movie that doesn't have a huge budget, but feels like it has a huge budget. This is what science fiction can be. It can be cinematic at its absolute core. This film feels like the most expensive movie of 2020, but I know for a fact that it wasn't. That's what's so impressive about it, is how big it feels. It feels gigantic in scale. It feels enormous. It feels like the biggest movie of the year, but yet I know it's this weird Canadian indie film. That's how great the genre of science fiction can be. It can make these smaller movies feel gigantic, not only in 
in its plot, but in the visuals. This film is visually stunning. And I'll come right out and say, I think the plot of Possessor is straight ludicrous, but I'm willing to forgive a movie like this because of how cinematic it feels. I enjoyed watching Possessor because of the performances, because of the look of the movie. I forgave all those misgivings of the plot that doesn't make any sense. I forgive all of that. I forgive the violence. I mean, the violence in this movie is complete and utterly ludicrous. It's over-the-top violent, but I don't care because it feels like a movie. And in 2020, there aren't a lot of movies that feel like movies. Possessor feels like a grand-scale blockbuster epic, even though it's not. I mean, right off the bat, the opening scene of this movie will haunt you for the rest of the year. But the other part of this movie that is brilliant are the actors. Christopher Abbott, he is incredible. He continues to give extremely intense performances since he left the HBO show Girls in James White. I mean, have you seen the movie James White? That film is equally devastating. Christopher Abbott is not trying to make popcorn movies. He is super intense, and I'm here for it. So after James White, he appears in the horror film It Comes at Night. The film directed by Trey Edward Schultz, who went on to direct the film Waves. I mean, that's a different type of horror film. That's not about the horror. That's about the horror of being a family. Abbott was also the lead of the Hulu miniseries Catch-22. I did a podcast on that, so go back and check that out. That was about a year ago. I thought he was incredible in that. That was funny at times. That was the most leading man type of role that I think Christopher Abbott is capable of doing. He's not your regular leading man. He is super, super intense. I would compare him to guys like Shia LaBeouf. Like, I think Christopher Abbott just comes on screen, and you feel his pain, and you feel his drama. He's like Sean Penn reincarnated. Like, you feel every emotion that Christopher Abbott is going through. He's a lively performer. It feels alive, and it feels real. And in this film, he's playing the man who's possessed, Colin Reed. And he's absolutely going for it. And it's the type of performance you don't see a lot of. And I think he's brilliant in the role. And then you have Andrea Riseborough, who plays Tazia Voss, the assassin. And she is really good in this movie. She plays a character who's basically in denial of how she feels about her profession because she has people in her life she cares for deeply. She's an assassin who likes to act like she has no real emotions, yet she has a family that she really cares for. It's kind of a sinister character by the end of this film. I mean, it is really dramatic arc for this character. I mean, it's incredibly scary at times with this character. I mean, again, the movie just feels grand in scale and is really scary. I think it's scarier than any horror film that's come out recently. Possessor is a great sci-fi horror. Sean Bean and Jennifer Jason Lee show up in this movie in supporting roles. Now, Jennifer Jason Lee's career I find interesting. She was nominated for an Oscar for The Hateful Eight, and since then, she's been appearing in supporting roles in smaller movies that are really, really high quality. Like, she had a supporting role in the Safdie Brothers film Good Time, and again, her scenes with Robert Pattinson in that film are incredible. She's a completely out-of-touch character with reality. She's like hopped up on drugs in those scenes. Those are some of the best scenes of that movie. She doesn't seem to care about being a leading actress anymore. And again, I'm all here for it. She shows up in Possessor for about five to ten minutes and is completely captivating. You can tell her character does not care about the Tazia Voss character at all. She cares about killing the 
targets and getting the money and making a profit. She is using human beings to do her will. She is quite a sinister character in the film Possessor. She is the villain of this movie in my mind. And then you have Sean Bean who's most known for like Lord of the Rings. He showed up in The Martian. I think he's a really captivating supporting actor. Again, I absolutely loved him in The Martian. His scenes with Jeff Daniels are some of the best scenes in that movie. And again, his character in this movie is not likable at all. He's a rich, spoiled billionaire who believes that he controls people. And one of the most interesting things about this movie, I thought when watching it, it's so interesting that while the Colin character is being possessed, you find out that in his own life, he's being controlled by the father of his girlfriend. The Sean Bean character loves to hire the boyfriend of his daughters to work for his company. So he is in control of his life. I thought that, like, contrast to actually being possessed versus a guy in your life controlling you. I thought that was fascinating of the movie. I thought that was the most interesting thing about the movie that I could understand. Again, a lot of this movie was over my head, but that aspect of it, that in his real life, he had this person who had control over his life, and then in the plot, he is now being possessed to kill that person. Again, that is highly cinematic, and the best thing about this plot is, again, you didn't root for the Sean Bean character at all. I didn't really care if he lived at all, because I thought he wasn't a good person because of what he was doing to Colin in his real life. I thought that part of the plot was super effective. And then you have Tuppence Middleton, who plays the girlfriend of Colin. I thought she was incredible. It was an incredible performance. She's probably probably only in the movie for like eight minutes. Her death scene was one of the scariest scenes in movie history. Again, the violence was so grueling. It was so vulgar. It wasn't necessary, but it did feel epic in scale. And I think that was part of the point of the movie to feel that way. And part of the reason why audiences shouldn't be surprised about the tone of this movie is when you find out who directed this film, Brandon Cronenberg. He is the son of David Cronenberg, the guy who directed movies like The Fly and Cosmopolis, that incredible film with Robert Pattinson, which is basically the reason why now Robert Pattinson is playing Batman. I mean, that movie showed that Robert Pattinson could be a really good Bruce Wayne-type billionaire playboy-type character. David Cronenberg also directed A Dangerous Method, Map to the Stars, which is one of the weirdest films I've ever watched. That film stars Mia Wojcicki and Robert Pattinson. That's another grueling film, so you can see where Brandon Cronenberg got his style as a filmmaker. And listen, it might not be my favorite style, but I'm a fan of what this means for Brandon Cronenberg. He seems to be a young, upcoming director who's taken the style of his father and made it his own. Possessor is one of the best movies of the year. Again, it adds so much to the sci-fi horror genre. And again, it's not a movie you can expect what you're going to see. It's unlike anything I've ever seen, and I think that's the point of it. Maybe it's trying too hard to be different than other sci-fi films, but again, I found most of it to be truly effective and epic in scale. I don't think a lot of people are going to sit down and enjoy this movie, but I don't think that's the point of it. I don't think it's a movie for the mainstream. I don't think it's a movie for the masses, but the quality of which is made is undeniable how good a quality this film is. Again, great acting performances. Christopher Abbott, Andrea Riseborough, Sean Bean, Jennifer Jason Lee. 
City, Tuppence Middleton. There's a lot of reasons to sit down and watch this movie. I think it's maybe the best sci-fi film of the year. I mean, this film had everything. It was weird. It was suspenseful. It was thrilling at times. You didn't know where it was going. I had no idea where the end of this film was going. And I'm not going to sit back and tell you that the ending was great. Again, I can't make a, a whole lot of sense out of what I saw in this movie. But I really did enjoy watching this film. Another thing I really liked about this movie by Brandon Cronenberg is it got right to the point. The pace of this movie is so fast. And again, it makes it hard to understand the plot. But when the Christopher Abbott character awakes from being possessed, it just goes full throttle. And again, it makes it feel like an experience. And sometimes when you're watching a movie and you don't understand the plot all that well, but it's moving so fast, it can still get to you. And that's what I'll say about Possessor. I don't understand everything about the plot of this movie. I think the plot of this movie is kind of stupid at times, but I think the way that it's made makes it feel epic. And it makes me feel like if Brandon Cronenberg directed a film with a great plot, that he would make a great film. My biggest takeaway from this movie is that you need to pay attention to the career of Christopher Abbott. I think he's going to become a movie star. Catch-22 was a brilliant performance in a miniseries. That's one that was not seen by that many people. George Clooney's in that one. I just think this guy has the it factor. I mean, Adam Driver was a star after Girls, and I think Christopher Abbott is going to be a star as well. And again, he has an upcoming film called Blackbird with Aubrey Plaza. I mean, this guy just makes interesting indie films. He's one of the best actors working today. Like I said about the Western genre earlier, I think sci-fis can be a million different type of things. And again, this film, Possessor, and movies like Annihilation, High Life with Robert Pattinson, even um, Ex Machina, they can be even more scarier than horror films. Our use of technology is so interesting in these films. Again, the horror aspects of the sci-fi genre really have haven't been looked at all that much. You have a movie like Minority Report. Yeah, that's a great sci-fi film. That's epic. I love Minority Report. But this Possessor is like, what if that was a horror film? And that's so interesting to me. It's so interesting when the genres that we think of that are classics that have been done before over and over again, but there are new and interesting ways we can use the genres, like westerns and like sci-fis. And that's what Kelly Reichardt is doing with the western genre. And I think that's what Brandon Cronenberg is doing with the sci-fi genre. They are taking these genres to new and interesting places. This film is also eerily similar to An Invisible Man, that film that came out earlier this year that I talked about on the podcast starring Elizabeth Moss. I mean, that was sci-fi with a mix of horror. I think Possessor is a lot scarier than The Invisible Man, but I think both films are equally effective and two of the best films of 2020. Again, great acting performances, horror mixed with interesting sci-fi. Those are the best things that the genre has to offer, and that's everything that Possessor has to offer. The best thing I can say about the movie Possessor is that it's one of those movies you lose yourself while watching it. You're not thinking about anything else happening in your life. You're just all about watching the movie Possessor. And I really hadn't felt that feeling since I watched the movie The Lighthouse. And Possessor is the exact same way. You lose yourself watching this. You care about what's happening to Andrea Riseborough's character. You care about what's happening to the Christopher Abbott character. I'll also say this about Possessor. It's not not a film you're going to rewatch over and over again because again I don't think it's something that I could handle again and again. It's probably one of those movies I'll watch once or twice in my entire lifetime, but I definitely think it was worth the experience because it's a movie I won't forget. It's a one of a kind sci-fi horror film epic. I definitely
definitely recommend you check out Possessor. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week I put the spotlight on the movie's first cow and possessor. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on the movie's Underwater, starring Kristen Stewart, and Tesla, starring Ethan Hawke. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 